Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Good afternoon, Sherry. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mike. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And today in Behind the Warrior podcast, we are very excited to have two gentlemen from Project Felix, which is a brand new initiative launched by two Air Force EOD techs, uh, Air Force EOD tech retired Mario Kovac and Brad Klein, Air Force EOD tech, who is still active duty. They are both co-founders and presenters for Project Felix. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for having us, Mike. Well, we're glad to have you. Definitely, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for being on, and uh, we're really glad to have you on here today and learn more about Project Felix. So, Mario, uh, we have known each other for a while now, both when you were active duty Air Force EOD and now as a retiree. Uh, You're doing great things, and you're giving back. So today, uh, you and Brad are going to be sharing with our audience about Project Felix, whose goal is to strengthen dialogue within the military community and beyond. So my question for you, Mario, and also you, Brad, if you want to chime in, is what is Project Felix, and how did it come about? Um, well, Project Project Felix is based off of an idea that uh, kind of came up around 2010 uh, when the Air Force stood up a program in Ramstein called the Deployment Transition Center. Um, it was basically a way and a place uh, to take a tactical pause, so to speak, uh, for uh, certain career fields in the Air Force coming back directly from combat. Uh, and the idea was uh, basically to replicate a little bit of the uh, the decompression time uh, that a lot of uh, soldiers and everybody coming back from World War II uh, on the uh, the large passenger cruise ships coming back before the days of internet, before the days of Facebook and all that, they had those five or six days on the boat to commiserate and to kind of blow off some steam so that when they made it to the States and back home, it wasn't such a shock on their system. Um, and that's kind of what the deployment transition center was uh, initially for, was to help that out. Uh, and I was one of the f- first facilitators there for, for EOD. And um, once, once, once my time was down there, it was considered a deployment, but, I mean, it was basically a four-month-long TDY. Um, we came up with the idea of how to bottle some of the conversations and some of the dialogue that was helping uh, kind of get our guys and girls to... Uh, talk about some things and to unload and in a very non-clinical manner. And, you know, ever since 2010, I've been kind of rolling around in my head how to recreate that dialogue and teaming up with Brad and, and Gerbo and some other people. Um, the idea came about with Project Felix to try and do that, not just, in the real world, as far as, you know, outdoor excursions and, and, and facilitation of things, but digital as well, uh, podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, and so on. 
Fantastic. Okay. Um, Mario, how does Project Felix get his message out to the community? Brad, you want to kind of tell them how that came up? So uh, I'm stationed over here in northern Italy, which is just insanely beautiful, of course. And I like to ride motorcycles. And what I started to realize is, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know if you want to call it Zen or um, meditation that goes on when you're riding a motorcycle because, you know, a good portion of things that are stressing you out or causing problems in your life get phased out because you're so focused on the ride and the scenery and, you know, being a part of the scenery and, and as opposed to riding inside of a car locked away from it, you're, you're in it. And it's just different. Um, anybody who's ever ridden a motorcycle, I think can get what I'm saying. I kind of wanted to project that out outward instead of just always inward. And maybe, maybe some people who don't ride motorcycles or aren't into it could maybe, um, kind of share in that experience a little bit. And I started, started uh, recently in about the last two or three years or so, I started to read a lot more books and there was just so many things I just wanted to talk about with people. And I figured this was one way, maybe not necessarily always a immediate two way conversation, but it could start conversations or uh, it could be conversations in comment threads or, or anything of that sort, uh, which so far that's been successful in that regard for sure. Uh, so that's kind of where the idea for the motorcycle videos came out. Mm hmm. So that's been that's been shared for sure. Even um, I watched it yesterday, and I thought it was really great, Brad. I thought you did a great job. And from it's interesting because I'm a spouse. I'm I'm not an active duty service member or retiree, but from a spouse's perspective, or from my perspective as a spouse, I should say, um, I really felt it very informative. And I think you know, even that communication that you provided could absolutely help spouses too better understand some of the emotions and, and things that you guys go through. But you talked very specifically about responding versus reacting and, and both of those ways. So I thought it was very interesting and appreciated that. Uh, uh, thanks a lot. It's, it's uh, Mario knows I'm the one who's always has to tell to speak up because I'm usually the uh, the thinker and the uh, the one who, doesn't say a whole lot. Um, I try to make whatever I say count whenever I do say it. And mm -hmm. I like to listen and observe and, and take it in. And, and this is, I think, um, a way to force myself to kind of get out of that shell a little bit in a good way. Um, because while I'm writing, you know, I have the ideas for these talks in my head. And um, I set up like an intro body conclusion type thing, like I'm, you know, given a class back at EOD school when I was an instructor or something. Uh, but I'm so focused on the ride that it's easy for me to just to say these things out loud and, and not get sidetracked or distracted uh, because I'm, I'm so focused on two things at once, I guess, in, in a weird way, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. It, it makes perfect sense to me. And, and I'm a thinker too, Brad. Brad so <laughs> we have something in common in that regard. Um, well, can, can you guys tell me uh, what the five W's are? Mario, if you'd like to, to answer that one, or Brad, it, it doesn't matter, um, just either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll try and answer this as best as I can. Um, it, was, it was initially my brainstorming attempt to answer a lot of the questions that 
we know we're going to get about what what the heck is Project Felix? What do you do? And this and that. Uh, because this has been such a a long time idea that's been brewing for such a long time that it's hard for Brad and I, we've talked about this. We don't really know how to describe this stuff without coming off as a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> so the idea is the who, the what, the when, the where, how or why or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So the who the who is, is pretty simple. Uh, we, it started off on Facebook. We kind of have a, a, a small private group of about 10 to 12 active people. And it's either, or it's mostly active duty, Air Force EOD, retired Air Force EOD. We've got an Army EOD guy there with us, retired. Um, we've got a retired civilian bomb squad technician. Um, we've got, we, we try to keep the, uh, the membership. Um, how do I say this? Um, well-rounded, mm-hmm. you know, we like having different perspectives and we actively try to stay away from, you know, dangerous echo chambers, um, but this this group has a very specific purpose, and that's how to kind of solve the problems within Air Force EOD and beyond. And when we spent a lot of time chatting about this, uh, really kind of boiling down some of these issues, um, it seemed, at least from my point of view, I don't know, Brad, if you agree with this or not, but when, when we see all these incidents about people struggling and you know everything from harming themselves to making an attempt on their life or substance abuse or things like that you know it doesn't really need to be that way so we started thinking what's causing this and you know we started thinking about okay well when people get out sometimes when people get out they feel alone uh, it's almost like a form of institutionalization, like, um, uh, what's that movie? Shawshank Redemption, um, where, uh, what is it? Morgan Freeman's character has a hard time adjusting to life outside the prison, kind of doesn't know what to do with himself. And that's the same thing for uh, a lot of different uh, people, you know, not just EOD, but... Um, so we try to figure out why, why is that about the people start separating from their strong communities. They don't have that identity anymore and they have a hard time. And people, I think people feel alone. They don't have anybody to talk to now, especially during COVID people are separated. Um, the way that people communicate to each other normally is starting to shift. And so we're trying to, for lack of a better term, lead by example, or in the animal behavior world, it's in modeling appropriate behavior, but we're trying to show people that they're not alone. This is a group of people who are willing to put themselves out there, record some of these discussions that we have, because we all get 
a lot of benefit from these discussions. So we figured, why should we just keep doing this for ourselves? Why don't we open this up, at least kind of broadcast it and see what pe show people what we're doing to hopefully inspire somebody else to be like, oh, it's, it's not so lame to talk about this. Maybe, maybe I can send a message to this person or that person and see how things are going. So that's kind of what we're trying to do with this. It sounds lofty, but so far it seems like we're getting a lot of good feedback and, and, and making some impact. Um, Brad, I don't know if you want to add to my rambling at all. Uh, the only thing I would add is, is um, you know, we're kind of looking for, like, a wide audience with this. Um, we absolutely want to help Air Force EOD people, anybody in EOD. And I, I, the other thing is, to me, a lot of, like, our experiences that we've had, we can use to bridge what everybody keeps referring to as the civilian-military uh, divide or gap and um, really help connect uh, veterans and civilians and people with still active duty and just all Americans together and just kind of try to bring our sense of community to a bigger audience and, and help everyone, you know, not just people who have served or maybe are thinking about serving. Um, but at least, you know, from, from my, my perspective, that's where I'm coming from with, like, the videos that I've made um, on the motorcycle and all that. Uh, we definitely enjoy having people who... Uh, we've met through our travels, deployments, TDYs, and, and all that that are not EOD. Uh, we've had a couple of them on our recordings, and they have always brought an awesome perspective. Sometimes, you know, something completely different than what we see and sometimes right in line with it, and that's always great. Um, so we're, we're really looking forward to that in the future as well. Thanks, guys. And uh, actually, my next question uh, for you, you, you've answered both of them. <laughs> you, you've actually answered both of them. You you uh, you talked about the mix in the first episode of active duty, retired, other career fields, even civilian on. And you've also talked about uh, your efforts in expanding the discussion and also having uh, more Air Force EOD techs and even other military veterans and other services join. So, so this is amazing. And I just want to make a comment before Sherry goes into her next question. But uh, I have watched your YouTube video. I've watched your discussions. And the thing that strikes me that I really like is how all of you are so respectful and you listen. You listen to what each person has to say. You acknowledge it. You let them get it all out. And there's there's a lot of really good discussion and, and back and forth. And I think I think that is really cool. Uh, and, of course, during COVID, um, this this podcast is because of COVID. So you're absolutely right. You know, finding new ways to communicate, getting getting your your story out there, getting getting the words out there, getting the resources and the help. So you guys are absolutely on the right path. And uh, this is this is a very cool undertaking that you're doing. So thank you. And uh, Sherry's got a question for you. Okay. In episode one, you discussed the excellent book Tribe by Sebastian Younger which is about veteran trauma, homecoming, and belonging. How did the group relate to the book? Brad, since you, uh, this was your recommendation, uh, and frankly, you read the book, and I haven't completely. you want to take this one? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I, I love this book personally. I've read it through at least twice now. Um, I've actually introduced it to a couple guys here at the unit, and it's 
it's been a lot of positive reviews. Um, the selection for the book was actually from Sean, uh, another member of the group, and uh, I was real excited to talk about it because uh, it talks about people not feeling needed or necessary and, and uh, you know, really gets at the heart of what we're trying to do, which is, you know, get that sense of community back. And when people have a sense of community, it gives them a sense of purpose, which helps to connect them to more people. And, I mean, just watch the news at, at any point in time today, and you can see, like, if there's anything America could use, it's a little bit more sense of community. I think we would all do better for it. So I love that book, and um, I, I love the positivity that it brings to, you know, the benefits that you have from that. So um, that's kind of my take on it. Okay. And did you get any feedback from anyone that you, you know, um, gave the book to? Yeah, it, it's been all pretty great reviews um, for most of my friends. I know there's there's a couple of people out there who have a couple of problems with the book, and, and there's a couple of passages I, too, also question. And I'm not going to say I buy, like, every single word, you know, without hesitation, but... I think there's so many positive things and like examples of of what being part of a tribe in a positive sense can can do for people. And um, I know my flight commander here has he's started it and you know uh, he's he's almost all the way complete. And I think we talk about it once a week. We at least we come up with something to relate to it. And there's a couple other the NCOs in the unit here that have read it. And uh, we actually uh, we were doing shifts here in Italy during the, the height of COVID. So we would uh, have part of the team at home for a set amount of days, and then part of the team would be um, at the actual shop doing uh, training and making sure standby covered and all that. And uh, for what we, what we did was for the guys who were on home duty is we selected books to read, and Tribe was one of them. So just about everybody here at the unit has read that book, and, and everybody loves it. We got I bought three copies to put in our library that we have at the shop, and uh, I haven't actually seen them on the shelf since because everybody mm-hmm. keeps taking them to borrow and write down notes, which I think is pretty awesome. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm a huge fan, and everybody that I, I know here at my shop has been, and most of the other people I've talked to you know, elsewhere are pretty big fans of it just because uh, it really gets after the root of a lot of the problems you know, that stem from um, losing connection and mm-hmm. That's, I think, one of the best things about this book and about what we're trying to do. That it goes right back to that is reestablish that connection and also expand that connection. Right. And, you know, I just wanted to speak to what you said that, you know, everything in the book isn't something that maybe you can grab onto. But if you can grab onto something after reading a book, um, that's a win, in my opinion. So I, I think anything that we can do to improve our awareness and also understand uh, maybe the feelings that we're having and if it's it, it's through a book and you grab a couple of things out of it I think it's a great way to do do some good soul searching <laughs> absolutely agree 100% yeah yep agreed well Mario in episode two you shared the video from Rabbi Torsky where he explains we must live under some stress to grow and uses an analogy of a lobster. And um, how does that relate to all of us? Um, So I initially picked that clip uh, to illustrate a point uh, that not all stress is bad and negative. Um, 
you hear it in the media and just in literature and everywhere that, you know, trying to get rid of stress or lower stress. And, you know, uh, there, I went to college up in Buffalo after I retired and learned a lot about, about animal behavior, biology. And so I tend to look through the lens of a very, uh, biological environmental way and looking at, the lobster experiencing stress, if the stress was too much for the lobster, it wouldn't be able to grow. But there's just that stress is that stimulus. And I thought it was a, a great way to correlate some of the stress and the struggles and the tension that people are going through, not just EOD techs who are retired, but people in general, especially with COVID, that you know, stress is a, a normal part of life and, you know, part of post-traumatic growth. However, if you can use that stress and adversary, as Rabbi Torsky mentions, you can actually not, not only survive that, but you can thrive and become stronger in the end. So that's, uh, it seems we're releasing the episodes. We just released the first one last night. Um, uh, we've got three more on the deck. We'll probably release in about a week or so and stagger them. Um, but yeah, I won't spoil it, but, uh, it seemed to be a very good talking point for everybody. Yeah. We really enjoyed, uh, watching that video and it made a lot of sense. Um, life is about stress and, and how you react to it. And if you can react to it positively, then there is some, Sometimes some tremendous growth, and which which is good for all of us. So Mario, uh, you talked about this a little bit earlier when you were in the Air Force. I think you, over in Germany, and uh, you received some training. Um, this training that you received, how did it lead to discussions for those in need? Um, can you talk about what that means? How did, how did you take that experience and that training, and how does it help you in your work with Project Felix? Sure, sure. So. My specific position uh, when I was at the DTC uh, was something called a, um, uh, a facil- discussion facilitator. And we would work with either uh, like a mental health technician, a chaplain, uh, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. We would work in tandem with them during these group discussions. So if we had a group of 30 people coming back from, you know, Kandahar. Uh, and they were one of the career fields. It was EOD, security forces. Uh, I think it was some civil engineering. Um, and so they would get broken down into maybe like, you know, eight person group or, you know, 10 person groups. And the idea was to facilitate discussion amongst one another as the career field, as, as somebody from the career field, I came at it as an approach of I'm a colleague, I'm a friend, I'm not a mental health professional at all, but here I have a mental health professional or somebody who has specific training to deal with some of the more serious things. My job, our job as a facilitator, was to draw conversations out of people and, and get them going. And, um, 
we when we were setting up the program right when we got there we got a chance it was like a day or two i can't remember uh to sit down and talk with the head psychologist uh the program manager uh and we got to talk to some of the 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 facilitators from our career field that did the beta testing uh one of the first uh sessions stateside uh, i think it was in virginia um but we got a lot of feedback from them. Uh, the creators of the program uh, had us go through quite a bit to make sure we understood what we were doing. But at the same time, nothing like that had ever been done before. So um, we just kind of did our best. And, you know, there's some people liked it, some people didn't. But we learned that for the people that it did work for, it was that dialogue that really got it out and got them communicating or hearing it from somebody else that got the things rolling around in their head, ideas. And so we saw that on a lot of our sur on some of our surveys coming back. And that's when, you know, it kind of hit me, like, how do we bottle this up? This initiative that we're doing, not the DTC as a whole, but these discussions, this dialogue that we're having, how do we build on that? And that's what Project Felix is now. That's how I think it's helping me with the work with Project Felix is um, now, especially now that I'm retired and not in the military, I feel more comfortable being able to talk about a wider range of things. And so, uh, I could get people to kind of come together and, and show, show what it's like to actually commiserate together or to bring things up or active listening. And if somebody brings a point up that resonates with you, uh, providing that environment that you can explore that, that's what it looks like. And that's what we're trying to do with these videos as far as the big Project Felix ones, the group ones. But within that, we still have our own individual members doing their own thing and still a platform for that. Brad, for example, he's doing the, uh, the e-bike in Italy, how he started. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, that inspired one of our other guys to do fly fishing videos, how to tie them and create them, uh, while talking about some other things that inspired one of our guys down in Florida to start taking veterans out on um you know down by eglin to take them fishing so you know with negativity online there's a domino effect but also with positivity and discussion and dialogue there can also be a domino effect as well and that's what we're trying to do yeah and uh that's exactly what i'm saying you guys are having open dialogue uh, open dialogue, which leads to understanding, understanding, which leads to action and positive action. So um, this this is really cool. Thanks for thanks for explaining that. Sure. Well, Mario, you've been retired, I think, now for about two years or so. Um, I'd love for you to just talk about what your transition has been from military to civilian life. Um. <laughs> been interesting. It's been a wild ride. Mm -hmm. Um, 
probably about a year out from retiring. I did 20 years in three months total. Um, right around the 19-year mark, uh, I started leaning forward a little bit. I started talking to people, uh, current and former mentors, former supervisors, people that I respected. You know, I remember having quite a few long discussions with you, Mike, as I was getting ready to uh, get out, kind of picking your brain, getting your two cents. Um, because I knew from seeing other people getting out how difficult uh, it can be for some. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard a lot of common themes of make sure you have a plan or make sure you're moving forward, uh, you know, do something, you know, have your resume ready. And I, re- I, I felt like I really did lean forward uh, before I was getting out. Um, I, uh, I, got a, I got a dog. Uh, with the help from the EOD Warrior Foundation and a nonprofit Semper Fido down in Jersey, uh, I was able to get him uh, properly trained to be my service dog. Um, and between all that, having him throughout through that transition, getting to getting ready to retire, and then the two years up here in New York, um, he his presence. And him being with me when I was going to college and traveling so much, and even before I got out, I'm convinced that having him is one of the reasons that I'm still here right now. He was such a, he did more for me than any medication could have ever done. And, you know, while, while I don't use him as a service dog anymore because of some health complications, um, I, I I can't tell you the bond we have and how eternally grateful I am for that. But um, so yeah, retired in June of 2018, uh, and then a few days later, we packed up all our stuff in New Jersey and uh, went to our new place in upstate New York. Um, we ended up in my wife's place where she was born and raised the idea was we were going to take that over and her parents were downsizing so her father was building another house and so we all lived under the same roof for about a year while he was building their house so during that time uh, I was commuting to college every day which was an hour and 40 minute drive four out of five days a week each way And, uh, I did well for the first semester. I absolutely loved, 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 loved going to college, uh, which if anybody knows me, uh, you know, I drag my knuckles when I walk. So (laughs) I was not expecting to enjoy college. Uh, but my preconceptions about the young generation and college, all that was completely shattered. I had a great time. Um, I learned so much. I, I took biology. I took lab. I took philosophy, which was one of my all-time favorite courses. Um, and I just I felt like I learned a lot and supplemented a lot of the missing blanks uh, from my life when I was in the military. Just things that had happened or that I didn't understand. And now, after a year at college, I kind of was able to put that together. So I'm a huge advocate of people 
furthering their education in whatever way that looks like to them. Um, but that commute, my wife was going to school full time as well. And we have two sons. Um, this place up here takes quite a bit of maintenance. So, uh, my grades started slipping probably spring, late, late winter of 2019. Um, and I got to the point where I just couldn't go to school anymore. Um, it, it was too much for me. It was, I would come home and directly have to study, um, and have, you know, all these responsibilities here on our ranch and with the kids and, in sports and, um, it, uh, it got, it got pretty difficult there for a time. Um, probably two or three weeks before, um, my in-laws, uh, told us that, Hey, the house is finished and they're, they're getting ready. They have a date of when they're going to move out. I'd started having um, suicidal ideation mm-hmm. uh, the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it only happened maybe once or twice, um, but once or twice is enough to scare you and kind of, at least for me, really start thinking about how I'm going to deal with this. And then long story short, in October of last year, my mom passed away after battling probably 20 years of depression and prescription drug abuse, Mm -hmm. uh, you name it. And that, when my mom passed away, that was kind of a wake up call for me to, um, maybe that was the fire under the butt that I needed or whatever. Um, but I started really making the decision, making better decisions to get myself out of that started mentally training myself, uh, certain techniques I've always done. I'm a huge fan of breathing techniques and, um, you know, mindfulness or meditation, whatever you want to call it. Um, out in nature, I'm a huge fan of ecotherapy and that kind of stuff. And I started making a lot of different, uh, changes as far as, uh, mental habits, I guess. But then we started, uh, Project Felix, you know, Brad and I had been talking, um, and, you know, I kind of started to get back on my feet and start moving forward again. Um, you know, they, they tell you the thing in taps, you know, to move forward and do this, do that. But what that, what moving forward looks like for each individual person varies greatly from, from what I've seen. So I needed to find out, uh, what worked for me and what my purpose is, what my why is. Uh, I spent a long, long time trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, I know, I know my purpose is to help and protect people. I know that. Um, that's what I'd established. Now, what does that look like? How can I feasibly do that? 
and then we tend to be analytical, especially Brad. Um, we kind of <laughs> lay out our options kind of like we did on, on scene and, you know, option A, option B, option C, pros and cons. And it felt like the way to make the best, most tangible impact was this Project Felix weird idea. Um, you know, we came up with that logo or sticker, whatever you want to call it, just just on a whim, just to kind of give it a face or something. Um, but this is very much so a, uh, a grassroots effort. There's, there's no money or accountant or anything associated to this. This is literally 10 to 12 EOD related people together doing things on their own. And we're just trying to show people what they can do as well. Um, now, uh, after my mom's passing and dealing with a lot of, a lot of, uh, I've been to a lot of funerals lately mm -hmm. and, um, having this outlet and having these, this close group of friends and being able to share that with people, um, that's huge for me. And that's, that's the driving factor for me personally now is to to grow this idea and to show people that this isn't lame to sit down and talk about this stuff this is what needs to happen we can there's a quote that i'm going to end with from a band called nothing more johnny hawkins is the lead singer and he, he he sums it up perfectly he says that everybody wants to change the world but nobody wants to change themselves so this is an approach to change ourselves and to show people how we're doing that. That's, that's it. Well, Mario, thank you so much for sharing um, that with us and, and the listening audience. I think you have made some really powerful um, observations throughout your, um, you know, transition and also positive changes um, certainly we're very, very sorry for the loss of your mom. And I understand how that can actually change, change you in, in a very deep way for sure. Um, and also just appreciate you sharing the raw and the honest and, uh, you know, all of those things. So thank you for that. Yeah, Brad, Brad and I have talked about this quite a bit about Project Felix and putting ourselves out there. Um, I, I, hopefully Brad chimes in, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm certainly not doing this, um, for any other reasons than to help at least one person. Sure. Um, Brad and I, and, and the group we're working with, and you guys as well have seen what happens when just one person reaches out to somebody. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all it takes. And, mm -hmm. and that. With this crazy idea, that's how I measure success. I don't know, Brad, do you want to add to that? I mean, there's, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, help one person, is that, that's all we can ask for. Hopefully we can help more, but one is enough. And we hope, you know, hope for more, but one is enough. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, Mari, you shared, you know, some words of wisdom. And actually, uh, that was my next question to you is if you if you had one thing or words of wisdom that you'd like to share. But I feel like you've answered that very, very thoroughly, um, unless there's something else that you would like to say. If you could say something to someone who's transitioning from the military to civilian community. For me, the biggest thing is find out what your purpose is or get as close to that as you possibly can. When I was getting ready to get out, you know, I was looking at dog training. I was looking at this and I kind of looked at options and paths forward very one dimensionally. And, um, now that I'm on the other side, the best thing I can say is try and have as many feasible options open as possible. Don't, I, I would recommend to people who are getting ready to retire, try not to put all your eggs in one basket, even if something is locked in. Always have in the back of your mind plan B, plan C, and so on and so forth. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And Brad, I have a question for you as well. Um, as an active duty service member, um, do you have any advice or any words of wisdom that you would like to share with graduates that are coming out of EOD school um, or, you know, our, our young military men and women who serve in the EOD community? So what I would, I would recommend is, is that, uh, so something that happens in, in the EOD community that is a good thing in a lot of ways um, is we really attach a lot of our identity to being EOD and EOD techs and everything related to it because it is awesome. It's an awesome calling. It's a, a fantastic career, and, and there's so much meaning and purpose in, in what this job is. Um, but, you know, also at the same time, what I would say is um, don't lose your own personal identity and, and maintain identity outside of EOD as well uh, because that's when you combine those two things, like combined, you're, you're just about unstoppable. Um, there's, there's nothing you can't do. You know, EOD school, I was an instructor for four years. I know how tough it is. And um, we have a great, great community of close-knit people. Like, I mean, you look at some of these groups around social media where people have never met anyone, and they're from different services. They might be still in. They might be retired. They might be separated. It doesn't matter. They're helping each other out. That, that's awesome, and that's huge. And, and that comes from the close-knit tightness of the community. You know, we, we give each other crap from being different services or whatever, but in the end, we all know it doesn't matter, and we're there to help each other out. If you can also maintain, you know, your identity as, as who you are, I think that that'll make you even better as an EOD tech and as a person. Uh, that, that's what I would recommend to uh, people just getting into the career field. Thank you so much, Brad. Thanks, guys, for sharing your wisdom. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I think the audience will as well. And, uh, Mario, we had talked previously, and, uh, man, you, you guys are living the dream out there in uh, <laughs> upstate New York. You're living in this beautiful, natural setting. I think you've shared some pictures on your Facebook page, and you uh, also kind of shared with us that uh, you have some future plans 
to kind of expand what you're doing out there, promoting adventures and mindfulness. So what what's in store for you, for you and your family out there? What are you guys doing on that beautiful property? Well, we're constantly doing quite a bit. Um, but, you know, we have... We have about 160 acres uh, to, to play with as far as the land is, and we're looking at um, kind of creating something, starting off for EOD techs and their families uh, at some point, uh, but having some sort of uh, a minimalistic cabin. Uh, we're going to spend this winter, uh, my father-in-law, who's quite handy to say the least as far as building um he's built three houses and has his own wood shop so he can pretty much make anything but um we're going to design and build a, a small cabin uh rest of the cabin in the spring next year uh and then the idea is to um hopefully either do it ourselves or partner with some people uh you know get some small groups out here, we've got trails. You can literally spend all day hiking on our property and not go on the same trail. Um, we've got a waterfall. We've got our own waterfall up here. We've got a pond with a zip line that goes over it. Um, there are, we've got two gardens and just, you know, some people have their medication to deal with things. I have this place to deal with things. You know, I, I have to go out on hikes almost every single day. Um, the area where we're going to be putting the cabin is, is right. It's literally maybe 10 yards away from one of the creeks that goes through the property. It's just a nice place for people to come and unplug, you know, uh, the idea of leaving your phone somewhere and just coming here and unplugging no man-made noises or anything. We have our own little Valley that you can, you're, you're completely secluded and it's by far one of the most peaceful situations you'll find yourself in. Um, so that's something that we're looking at doing, uh, just, just opening up this place to the community very slowly and, you know, whatever we can do to help people. That's what we want to do. Man, uh, just describing what you're describing this place just makes me want to be there right now. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, oh, and we have seven goats. So we actually take people on goat walks with our goats. <laughs> awesome. It's one of the most calming and nice things ever. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, so. so Mario and Brad, can you uh, share with us how EOD Techs and our listening audience can learn more about Project Felix, please? So we have a YouTube page. If you go on YouTube and search for Project Semicolon Felix, it should come up. Also, on Facebook, our public page is... It's at Project Felix EOD. Uh, so you can find us there. You can find um, pretty much all the videos on Facebook, but for every single one, go to YouTube. We have them all there. Um, we do have plans to branch out to Instagram at some point. Um, I mean, you can get a hold of us with smoke signals too. Uh, two <laughs> cups and a piece of string will work. Maybe carrier pigeons. You know, somebody can always get a hold of us. Okay, Brad. 
Brad and Mario, I uh, want to thank you both again. Sherry and I want to thank you for being on this podcast. And before we finish up, we have a little segment of, you know, kind of have some fun, do things about favorites, you know, learn a little bit more about each of you. So the question is to both of you, let's start off with what is your favorite outdoor activity? Mine is hiking. Nice. Brad? I got too many. That's the problem. Uh, I love anything that has to do with being near a waterfall or riding motorcycles. Uh, Do a lot of hiking and camping. Nice. Okay, guys, uh, for both of you, what is your favorite movie or movie genre? Oh, this is going to be tough. (laughs) I love comedies, so it's a toss-up. Between Blazing Saddles <laughs> or this movie called Four Lions. I don't think I've heard of Four Lions. I'm all about comedy. Comedy, yeah. Okay, Brad, they both like comedy. Okay, you guys are comedy. Great. All right, now, what is your favorite cuisine? And uh, I know for you, Mario, it's not goat cheese. So what is your favorite cuisine? <laughs> Same for you, Brad. Honestly... My favorite cuisine is one that doesn't come out of uh, uh, a UGR or is not cold mystery meat. Any if it's if it's above that level, it's it's my favorite. That's fine. And for our listening audience, what is a UGR? If it's if it's rated R or something else, don't say it. No, no, no. A UGR, uh, something, something rations. It's like it's like a big family size MRE that just shows up and you heat it up and that's it. They use it like field kitchens all the time. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. We we deal with that. How about you, Brett? Well, you know, Mario said he doesn't like cold mystery meat. I'm okay with warm mystery meat. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. The the food here in Italy is is, uh, just so terrible. Nobody should ever come here, so I can just go ahead and eat it all because it's just awful. Well, you guys have been, you know, delightful to interview today. We've had a great time with you. And um, Mario, please give our best to to Rebecca and Lars and Mirko. And um, oh, will do. Of, thank you, all of your folks out there. And Brad, thank you so much for for joining us this morning uh, or this afternoon from Italy, one of my favorite places in the world. And our best to you and and your family as well. And please stay safe, both of you, and and healthy. Okay. So thanks for having us. Uh, that was definitely an awesome, awesome interview. And I just want to say thanks to you guys for giving us the opportunity to talk. Thanks, guys. We really loved having you. Yeah, that's great. And take care. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Be well. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, Please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.